it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. Number 99 notched his 99th career MLS goal in the Red Bulls' victory over New England. Now Bradley Wright Phillips will be gunning for number 100 as well as three points for the Red Bulls against DC United. Hello everyone, welcome once again to the Full of Bulls podcast. Alongside Alfredo Fumasas, I am Mike Corbett. We are talking about all things affiliated with the New York Red Bulls. There's a lot to talk about this week. Uh, uh, a Monday evening edition that we're coming on here because there is a midweek game. There's also another game later on on Saturday. Of course, follow us on our Twitter page at FOBS Podcast. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and find us on Podbean as well. Uh, Alfredo, how you doing? How was your weekend going? It's good, man. Besides uh, the rain, uh, it was yeah. a good uh, weekend to uh, stay home. Uh, I didn't get to the game. Wish I had gotten yeah. to the game, but unfortunately got some things to do with the family. I mean, I was sort of scared away. I heard but some of the, the rain coming. I'm going, you know, that's a long walk from Red Bull Arena to the PATH station. And, of course, now there's problems with the PATH because they're they're redoing the 33rd Street station or something, that line right there. So I had to go all the way down to the World Trade Center and take it back and come all the way up to Midtown to LIRR. So I watched a broadcast with Steve Cangelosi, Shep Messing, and Michelle Gindris. Gindris, I'm sorry, Michelle, mispronouncing your name there, on MSG. All right, let's jump right into it. The Red Bulls uh, make it two, uh, two wins and three tries under Chris Armas. At home, they defeat the New England Revolution 2-0. It was a rainy uh, affair at Red Bull Arena. It was on and off. It wasn't as if it was a trench downpour the whole game, but it was on and off with the rain. Uh, after a first half where the Red Bulls did little to nothing, um, Luis Robles had a nice save to keep it deadlocked at halftime. New York came out much better uh, during the second 45. Daniel Roya finally broke the deadlock in the 69th minute, and he put home a, a well-placed free kick from Mark Schakowsky. He put it past New England keeper Matt Turner. It was Royer's fifth goal at MLS play in 2018. That turned out to be the winning goal, but it wasn't uh, the re- end of the scoring on the evening. The second Red Bull goal came from who else? Bradley Wright Phillips. 99th career MLS goal for number 99 in the 80th minute. He headed home uh, a feed from Kaku. And that's 13 goals on the season in MLS play for BWP. 117 goals in all competitions for Red Bull since he joined the club in 2013. The 12th assist for Kaku on the season, which leads MLS. Um, it looked like it was going to be an opportunity for him to get career goal 100 in MLS later on when it was ruled that there was a penalty called against New England. Although they went to VAR, it was ruled that there was nothing he could really done about the handball. They waved it off. And uh, I have a quote later on. I'll read from BWP, which I think he was sort of happy that it was waved off. Anytime you actually do get a penalty for your team waved off, I think it was this, this time it was. Luis Robles, he had the nice save in the first half. That was the only save he had in the whole match. It was his 55th career shutout in in MLS play. With the win, Red Bulls sit in third place in the Eastern Conference, 38 points through 19 games, trail NYCFC by two points for second place, one game in hand. And Atlanta United, they trail by six points, but three games in hand. And one of those games in hand that they have coming up will be later on that we're going to talk about against DC United. New England now, back-to-back losses now, sitting sixth in final playoff spot in the East with 20 points after 21 games. And also kudos to Tim Parker and Sean Davis, both made to the bench 
of the MLS Team of the Week presented by Audi. That was announced, I believe, earlier today. Okay. Now, with, with the game itself, Alfredo, what I wanted to ask you, just this is the second straight game where we saw the Red Bulls come out, have a better second half. Is this something where it was Chris Armas is now the master of halftime uh, talks and adjustments? <laughs> or is this more of something where the Red Bulls, their style, they just eventually wore down New England, who was coming off a game Wednesday earlier that week as well? Yeah, look, I, I have to, you could definitely look at those factors. I think that if you were watching the broadcast, uh, uh, Shep and, uh, and Kanji mentioned that the Red Bulls have yet uh, to pay to play a, a full 90 minutes under Armas because they have they've had uh, uh, halves where they were great and then halves that they were not so great, but they have yet to put a consistent 90 minute performance. And I think, look, for the most part, I thought that. Uh, with uh, both teams having a, a very similar style and that high press, uh, intense chasing of the ball, uh, we saw a lot of that. I think that Luis Robles, uh, if he doesn't make that save, it's a totally different game. But it's very possible um, that uh, that the, the, the Revs were, were tired after playing midweek. Uh, I thought that, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Armas making a, a, a change and allowing perhaps or, or, or motivating or, or uh, and send, uh, providing motivation to for for Mourinho to get forward, and he really seemed to have uh, opened up uh, uh, the the Red Bulls' uh, right side. Provided a lot of mismatches on that right side. The Red Bulls flooded uh, the the right flank. Uh, they had mismatches with uh, with uh, uh, some uh, uh, some advantages as far as uh, more men. On that side of the field, than than DC had, and uh, DC, sorry, the Revs had, and uh, and I think that the Red Bulls, that's where the the key started. Um, uh, last week I spoke about uh, uh, the Red Bulls speaking to Mourinho, and I thought that maybe uh, Connor Lade should be the one getting yeah. the the start because of the distraction. I have no doubt in my mind that at, there's at one point that the Red Bulls had to approach Mourinho and I told them, look. You're here so far, regardless of what offers are on the table or regardless of what conversations are being had, you need to be 100% focused on this team. Uh, and I think that there was a proof that Mourinho was 100% uh, focused was his contribution to this team in the second half. Um, the other thing that I thought was... Um, uh, that I thought was curious was uh, the fact that I had mentioned that the Rebels have to find a way to get Riza on the field. Um, unfortunately, uh, I thought he was going to be playing in, uh, in that uh, attacking midfield on the right-hand side alongside Danny Royer, uh, but uh, apparently he's he feels more comfortable playing uh, in that retracted defensive midfield role. Yeah. Um, his preferred position is the 10 position, which is Ka where Kaku plays. Uh, so if he's not playing there, he says uh, that he doesn't feel as comfortable uh, playing in that uh, interior role on the attacking uh, midfield line. Well, how do you think overall how Shakowsky did play, though? As you said, not playing in, in really a comfortable position, playing in a different position you thought he might be playing. Just how he did. He had the, the assist on Royer's goal. That did come off a free kick. But he yeah. did have that com contribution. Just overall, his uh, his play against New England. Well, that's that's the thing that I think that Riza brings to the to the game is the the set pieces. He he loves to whip those balls. I mean, I remember last year and a couple years ago, 
one question used to hit those balls like a floater. Uh, I mean, a guy could uh, could could go adjust his positioning and still be able to defend a floater. With Brizza and the way the, these balls are whipped in, it's always a challenge because somebody could, uh, you know, they could they could put on a, a head on it, a slight deflection because the ball is hit so hard, it doesn't really give the defense a lot of time to adjust to the flight of the ball. Uh, so he always has that. He adds that to the Red Bulls uh, game. He also adds the fact that he could shoot from dif- distance. And when you're playing in that defensive midfield pivot and you have uh, room in front of you, there's always a, a, a chance you're going to find room and you're going to find open space in front of you and you could fire one off. Uh, I don't think that uh, any other player has the ability to hit the ball from the outside of the box like Riza has. I think that Sean Davis does have that ability, but not to the extent that Riza has. And I don't think Tyler Adams is, is even uh, attempted that many shots from uh, from far. You talked about Sean Davis. I also want to get to Tim Parker. Just these two guys that were named to the to the bench for MLS Team of the Week. Uh, I don't think it didn't necessarily take me by surprise. I don't think they played bad. I thought they played well. But just for them to be acknowledged by MLS. Not only that, where someone like Tim Parker, where he picked up an early yellow card in the match. And then when, you know, he had to take it, be careful because it was another time where he did commit a foul where the ref came up to him. He was like, I'm warning you. You know, you already got the yellow card. I'm giving you one more warning. That's it. And then yeah. he did. They did eventually take him off after they got the lead. Part of it's probably because well, you not part, want, not you're about, the, the, the yellow card for you're uh, talking about Long. You mentioned Parker. Was it Parker or Long? Am I getting long, mixed up? Long, Long was the one that All was right, well, never mind. taken out. Never mind. That, that totally just shot my uh, <laughs> shot my I, I, idea um, to the moon with that one. But yeah, actually, we'll bring that up, though. That was, I believe, a smart move by Armas. You have a lot of the rotation coming up this week because you had the game at D.C. Then you have a game against Columbus, who's in fourth place. There's a little bit of separation, but you have a team there that could be a a possible playoff team. You know, being able to get that, just the importance, actually, being able to get out to that lead and being able to take out someone like long so he doesn't pick up another yellow and rule him ineligible for the next match plus you're getting someone like colin who hasn't had that much work lately getting him in there getting his legs going because obviously he's someone who's probably going to be called upon again later on this week and, and going forward with as the the matches pile up yeah i think that uh and they said it on the on the broadcast that apparently uh long wasn't feeling too well uh it was something that they hid uh, that they didn't want to divulge to the media. Uh, but uh, as they found out later that Long wasn't feeling too well, but he insisted that he was going to play. He had his hand full with Fagundes, uh, both him and and, yeah. and Parker. Uh, there was a couple... Fagundes always gives uh, the Red Bulls problems uh, yeah. the past couple of years too. And, so. and there was a couple of miscues by, by Long, almost un- uncharacteristic yeah. of him. Uh, that's yeah. not like him. But uh, I thought that the uh, move by uh, by Chris Armas was the the right one. But look, when when you talk about uh, Sean Davis and, and Tim Parker, you, you, the first thing that comes to mind is consistency. Those guys have have been consistent performers for the Red Bulls, and uh, I think that w- when you play in the positions that they do, consistency is perhaps the best thing you can bring uh, to the table every night that you get out there and, and play. Right. 
I, I want to get to BWP's comment. Um, I was reading Bill, uh, Dylan Butler from his uh, Twitter feed when he was at the, the post-game presser talking about um, the way it was looking like it was li- when they were lining up, when they were going to VAR to check things out, you saw BWP had the ball going to the spot. Now, we've known that in the past, BWP's had his struggles from uh, the penalty spot where they've had all the people take the penalty kicks for him. Um, Royer had already come off at that yeah. time, I believe, right? Yeah, because yeah, he was already off. by the, uh, He got subs uh, subbed off for uh, for the Roy. Oh, Muiel. Muiel came off from so here is his, I don't know if he caught his, his quote. Let me uh, pull it up here. Uh, I, I thought this was good. And just have you uh, actually probably get a little bit serious after. BWP on goal number 100 nearly coming via a penalty kick. If I'm being totally honest, it's the 100th goal and I didn't want to score it on a penalty. I thought about giving it to Derek, but I didn't want people to think that I was scared. When the referee said no, I was kind of happy. <laughs> I, I I appreciate I think he was almost saying it more on the lines of having a, a monumental goal come via the penalty spot, whereas showing that he wasn't yeah. uh, scared to take it. But that is also something uh, going forward where the you know, penalty takers in a situation like this, it's two nothing. Yeah. But I mean, what would you have? Would you I don't I wouldn't have had a problem if he would have had, you know, Etienne, uh, you know, pass off to Etienne to to attempt to kick. Though, look, I I think as a as a player, you always have these uh, uh, these these memories of 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 milestones in your career. You remember your first goal that you uh, scored. You remember your first hat trick. You remember key points. And I think that he's right when he says that he didn't want to be as a hundred, he didn't want as a hundred goal to be on a penalty. Obviously he wants to be able to, uh, to remember that goal uh, from, uh, from a running play. But for all we know, he might end up hitting it on a penalty kick again, but uh, you want to remember it as a running play goal, because first of all, I think it, it, when you score a goal in a running play, there's a different type of emotion that goes through you. Um, and you also you also remember you kind of yeah, play that, back. He just wants to score it against DC. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you, you you play all of that back in in your head almost in in, in slow motion the the play and and I think that's going to be something that's going to stick with him for a while. He's going to be the fastest player to a hundred goals, beating out Taylor Twelman. Yeah, uh, and the MLS. So that's that's quite an incredible feat, and everybody knows how prolific uh, BWP was and. And when Henry was was here, uh, Henry was the the guy that was feeding him. Then when yeah. Henry left, oh, he's not going to score anymore. But the guy continues to score. He's he's a scoring machine. And and to think that and this was mentioned on the broadcast, so you know I don't want to take credit for it. To think that he came to the Rebels as a trialist. Yeah, and in a way that um, I think it was. Pecky maybe wasn't uh, totally sold on him either, and they had, they had to talk him into it. And you talk about he's become one of the best players in MLS history. As you were saying with Taylor Twelman, he reached 100 goals in 174 games. This will be game 159 coming up for D, for BWP. So even if he doesn't get it, you'd assume he's going to score between now and, and game 174. So he will be, you know, health permitting, he will be become the fastest player to 100 goals in MLS history. Yep. All right, just with some of the other Red Bull news going on uh, real quick before we get to the, to the D.C. game. 
Uh, they picked up someone else this past week, the Red Bulls. They signed attacking midfielder Andreas uh, Ivan from contract, also depending on receipt of a P1 visa. He will occupy an international spot on the Red Bulls roster. He's a Romanian who's played professionally in Germany since the 2013-14 season. He's 23 years old. Um of course, you know, Chris Armas, I'm happy to welcome Andy to our club, a dynamic attacker who can unbalance defenses and with, with and without the ball. He has fearlessness and great energy about him, which will help him fit in right away. We think he's going to be a great addition to our team. This yeah. is someone that's also been working out with the Red Bulls in, a pe in the past, and they finally made it official pending the P1 visa. So we'll see how long that takes you know, that, for that to go through and before they yeah. get him in. I'm sure they're going to want to get him in sometime soon. Because, uh, as you said, a lot of these games coming up here, yeah. you get and play a rotation and have someone coming over with experience playing over in Germany. Yeah, that that that, that could uh, help out the Red Bulls. Yeah, the the curious thing about uh, about Andreas uh, Ivan as a 23 year old Romanian, uh, not only has he featured for the U21 national team for Romania, yeah. he's also featured for the U19. German national team. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, he's still free to make a decision where he's going to go. Uh, once you get your senior debut or your senior, your first senior cap, then you're locked in. But uh, you know, when you think about the the national team of uh, of Germany, you think that of that overall that they went through uh, after uh, after the their their. Uh, disappointing result in, in the World Cup in a uh, few years back, right? Um, where they didn't even qualify into the into the knockout stages, similar yeah. to what, what has happened this year. But let's not forget the amount of talent, the amount of young talent that that Germany was able to put together from that time until now. This kid is a part of it, and whether or not he felt they didn't really have a spot, nonetheless, yeah. he was called up to the U19. Yeah, he still has that training. He still has that experience. So even if yeah. you, you take it with you. Yeah, to me, it comes to uh, add uh, depth to that uh, attacking midfield position, playing alongside uh, Kaku and uh, Danny Royer. That's where I think that the Rebels need to get deep in that position. Uh, especially after uh, Valo being out for the season, mm -hmm. uh, and perhaps exactly. Muil being too thin uh, uh, to play uh, all of the games that are that are needed, uh, and also some of his inconsistencies at times. Yeah. So hopefully that that P1 visa gets worked out, and uh, Ivan can take up a spot with the Red Bulls going forward. A few other ones for the. Lower level Red Bulls teams. Red Bull two lost two to one to Eastern Conference leading FC Cincinnati Saturday night in USL play. RB two sit in fifth place in the Eastern Conference with thirty one points. Since he remains on top of the East and all of USL with forty four points. RB two back on the road this Saturday night down in St. Petersburg. They'll be taking on the Tampa Bay Rowdies. That kickoff is scheduled at seven thirty p.m. It'll be on right around the same time as the Red Bulls against uh, Columbus. That's going to be on ESPN Plus. So if anyone has that package, you'll be able to watch that too. Also, um, can I say with, something about ESPN Plus? Yes. It's absolute garbage. <laughs> there's no there's no replay. The games are blacked out. I am seriously going to discontinue my service. Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Uh, you know, 
they had a good thing with MLS Live through yes, MLSsoccer.com. You could still get condensed games on on the MLS website and on the MLS app uh, after the fact. But yeah, I was I was a big fan of MLS Live, and it's it's a shame yeah. to see it go. I'm not giving ESPN any more money than I yeah. they already get from me through the regular cable bill. I know yeah. you you cut the cord a while ago too, so yeah, yeah the, the the hell with ESPN. It's garbage. Yeah. It's garbage. Because like, yeah. let's say you're not even – let's say you're somewhere in the country and you want to watch the Red Bulls and the game is on ESPN+. Plus. I think they black it out, if I'm not mistaken. But it, I haven't it, been it, able it, to watch any games, local games, live. Yeah, well, th that's the problem. They black out the local games because they figure you can get them on your local network, whether it's MSG or, uh, you know – with NYCFC, they'd be on yes. It's the same thing with, I know, if you get the Major League Baseball package, where locally here in New York, the Yankee and Mickey games would be blacked out. But if, say, if you went on the, if you had an online service and you went on the road and you're out in Omaha somewhere, then you could, then the Yankee and Mickey games would come through. Yeah, sorry, it's Mike, to get you on this rant. But you would think if you pay for the service, you should be able to get all the games, Period. even if it's, yeah. Period. It would it would help out their service more. Even know, because... All right, so it's blacked out. So the live yeah. game is blacked out. Let me watch the replay for God's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absurd. No. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't blame you. Speaking of ESPN, at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex down in Disney World, the Red Bulls U14 Academy team they made it all the way to the semifinals of the ICC Futures uh, competition before they lost to Bayern Munich one nothing. Uh, it was a good run by them because they were the only U.S.-based team to make it all the way to the semifinals. Excellent. So it was good for them for the U14 kids to make it all the way that far. And then the Red Bulls U23 team lost two to one to Reading United in the Eastern Conference Final of the USL PDL League. Uh, the U23s finished the season at 11, 4 and 1 in all competitions. So just you know, little just give the the younger guys uh, a bit of love, and it seems like they're doing good things. You had the the, the kids making it all the way to semifinals, losing to a team like Bayern Munich's kids one nil, and then the other U23s making it all the way to conference finals. So it's just part of that that Red Bull what they're trying to establish with their academy here in New York or you know, New Jersey over there. How just try to you know, get kids into their system, develop them the right way, develop them playing a certain style, and then just seeing them progress. And it's it's something you hope to see more teams in MLS do. It will also help the MLS teams get better, but I think in the long run it will also help U.S. soccer get better. As everyone was always talking about how to fix U.S. soccer, well, it, 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 in a way it, it comes through you know, with MLS as well, being able to develop these kids, taking them when they're a younger age. And then helping them come along instead of them always having to, you know, these kids always having to pay to play in all these yeah. different uh, club teams that, you know, might not really get you anywhere and develop you. So good for the kids. All right. The big one. It's the first time they're playing this year. The old rivalry, the Atlantic Cup. Yeah, everyone. The, the new rivalry everyone likes now, the shiny new rivalry with the Red Bulls and NYCFC, the Hudson River Derby. But here's the old Atlantic Cup, the two old enemies, DC United and the New York Red Bulls. This Wednesday night, a midweek game. It almost seems like a shame these two teams playing in the middle of the week. This is something that should be a Saturday night, wherever they're playing, whether it's at Red Bull Arena or now in the new Audi field, where you have busloads of you know, the opposing fans making a trek up I-95 or trek down I-95. But alas, they're playing Wednesday night. 8 p.m. kickoff from the nation's capital. Brand new Audi field. Hopefully uh, there won't be more uh, railings falling down, hit people in the head. 8 p.m. kickoff on MSG. 
all-time record in the season series, obviously, DC United, 41 wins. Metro slash Red Bulls, 32 wins, 16 draws overall. The Red Bulls have sort of dominated this competition of late. They're unbeaten in the last five against DC United, although it's two wins and three draws. DC's last win is coming on a Friday the 13th, way back in May 2016, a 2-0 victory at RFK Stadium. The Red Bulls did help close down RFK Stadium. They beat them last October 2-1 in the final match ever there at, uh, at the Raccoon's Nest. DC United right now, they've struggled the last few years, and they're still struggling again this year. They currently sit at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, 14 points after only 16 games played. Now, they played a couple of home games at uh, uh, Maryland Soccerplex right outside of DC, and I think they played a game at the Naval Academy where they played, but they really loaded up a lot of their home games to, to utilize brand new Audi Field. That's why they've only played 16 games and only 14 points. Um, they won their first ever game at Audi Field on July 14th. They beat Vancouver 3-1, to also making his D.C. debut that night. Uh, the all-time leading scorer for England and for Manchester United, Wayne Rooney, who came on as a sub and tallied an assist in the victory. He started their last game, D.C. United. They lost 3-1 to this past weekend at Atlanta. Before he picked up a yellow card, he was subbed off the 66-minute. Ben Olsen, the longtime coach, he was a... A legendary player there. He's been a coach there since the 2010 season. I was surprised he's been coaching that long. Um, all right, this game, Alfredo. You know, on paper, DC is struggling. This, you know, you look at it with the Red Bulls roster, the way they're playing, it should be a win. But we know with these two teams play. I hate always saying the, the cliche thing. I'll oh, throw out the record, but these, regardless, it's always a tough match between these two teams. And yeah, the Red Bulls aren't beaten in the last five against DC United, but three of those games have been draws. And some of them have been where DC has rallied to come back and snatch a point from, from the Red Bulls. This is also a game, it could be a little bit of um, a trap game for the Red Bulls because it sits right in the middle of the week where they just played this past Saturday, they're playing on Wednesday, then they're playing again again on Saturday at home against uh, Columbus crew who are right behind the Red Bulls in the standings. So, uh, you know, going into this, how do you think um, if you're Chris Armas, how would you go about handling this match? Yes. It's a big one against DC a rivalry. You have another game coming up. You start to have to start getting into man management and player rotation. What type of a lineup would you go out there if you were Chris Armis this Wednesday evening? Look, I got to I got to be honest. I think that I'm if I'm Chris Armis, I'm not touching much of this lineup. Maybe a couple pieces here and there, uh, but other than that, uh, I'm I'm going. I'm going. Uh, you want to make sure you build the momentum. Uh, if you win, you leapfrog uh, NYCFC, if only for a day, because they play uh, the final win day. the next day. So I'd assume that'd be a win for NYCFC. Right, but you also want to uh, you want to put pressure on them. But also not just NYCFC. When I we talked, I talked about earlier where they have three games in hand on Atlanta United. Yep. This is one of the games because Atlanta United don't play again until Saturday. So this is one of the games where you can gain three points on them, and that deficit goes from six points to three points with two games in hand on Atlanta United. Yeah, look, these are the games that you need to uh, that you need to get these wins off, especially uh, on uh, against teams that on paper are are, are much weaker and much. Worse than than you. Not that the the Red Bulls are, are a bad team, yeah. but uh, uh, you know, uh, I know that uh, 
having not played a lot of games, also the law of averages for DC, but they they have only won once in the past six uh, six games, yeah. as as you mentioned. Uh, and I think that, uh, that there's a little buzz, right? There's a little there's a new stadium. Mm-hmm. There's a brand new superstar player, which actually is going to help him. Uh, once he uh, picks up more game rhythm and the fact they've only played 16 games so far. And now that you're kind of, you're playing in your own stadium with a, with a superstar player. Now you can, you can pick up a little bit of uh, momentum, whether or not they're still uh, in time or, or there's still time for them to, to get into the, to the playoffs. That's a different story altogether, but look, the rebels can't be looking past this game. And regardless of whether they have just played on Saturday or not, they will play Wednesday, and they have to come out strong, and they have to be- beat this DC team. If I'm Chris Armors, as I mentioned, I'm only touching a couple pieces, um, just to to rotate guys, the guys that have, that have more minutes uh, on their legs. Uh, but well, I don't... who would be who would be a candidate to possibly I should... start ahead of someone else this Wednesday night? Well, while, while still fielding uh, a, a, one of your strongest lineups, who who do you think might? Uh, start the game on the bench that would normally be uh, starting. Come Look, I, you know, I, one of the guys that has been playing every single game is Sean Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the, the Rebels are that deep in a defensive midfield pivot uh, area, uh, I would probably sit Davis. I would start uh, Riza and Adams uh, as the two pivots, and then I would give uh, I would give a start to Muil and and Royer. Uh, and the defense, I, I may even give a start to uh, Colin or uh, give a start to uh, Fidel. Um, so, but uh, as far as any other positions, I'd probably uh, keep everything the same. You want to keep BWP because you want to get him to that 100th goal as yeah. soon as possible. Because if you don't get him to that 100th goal as soon as possible, then it's going to become a mental thing uh, for him. Where he's 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 trying too hard to grab that 100 goal, and it might be detrimental to him. So you want to get him that 100 goal as soon as possible. So I think that there, there could be a couple tweaks uh, to be made against this uh, this DC United without lowering the quality of the team that much, uh, and uh, the fact that you're playing with less uh, rest on your legs than you would usually get. Uh, I think it's a it's a perfect time for Armas to to, to uh, just touch a couple of positions here. Speaking of BWP, that's why I, I wrote down here. I just wrote BWP in a question mark. I say by the end of this week he has goal one hundred in MLS. Does it come this Wednesday or does it come at home Saturday against Columbus? I'm putting you on the spot. We'll we'll is make the, our picks here. Isn't uh, isn't DC one of his favorite victims? Uh, yes, I, I, know, uh, I know. I know that he scored against the Revs in six consecutive outings. He scored against the Revs, and I think that DC are right up there also, without even looking at some numbers. Hold on, yeah, I, th- I think it is. I know um, Robles. Here's one thing with Robles: he has six shutouts versus DC. That's the most that he has against any clubs in uh, in MLS yeah. play. But BWP, he he likes to score against them. Um, Look, I I say I say it comes against uh, DC. I say he yeah. scores against DC so they can honor him on Saturday night at home against Columbus. Well, I, look, I I think that either I'm, way, that's my, that's my prediction. Yeah, either way they're wrong, but <laughs> either way they're going to honor him, right? So whether if he scores against DC, I guess there will be an honoring before the game, uh, and uh, if he's 
if he scores uh if he scores uh, at Red Bull Arena it's 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 a reason uh to share the moment with the fans with the fans that have supported him all throughout his career uh all and even in 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 darker times he was always a guy that uh that put uh, that brought a smile to uh Red Bull's fans he was always a guy that gave hope to Red Bull's fans so I think it'd be very important uh for that 100th goal to be scored at Red Bull Arena and to have him share that moment with the fans so Regardless of whether it comes against DC or whether it comes uh, at Red Bull Arena, we just got we we have to get him there as soon as possible. All right, we shall see. Um, we're gonna see if we could do one here later on in the week. It may be a, a little uh, tricky for both of us. I know, Alfredo, you're heading out on Wednesday to go check out uh, Benfica there in Pittsburgh against yep. uh, Bruce Dortmund. Uh, I have a few things going on Wednesday, but I, I should be able to probably watch the game later on in the evening, watch the replay of it. We'll see how things go with you getting back Thursday or not. We'll try to be here on Thursday. If not, you know, who knows? Maybe we do a, a quick one Friday and hopefully people will listen to it Saturday morning or afternoon on their way to Red Bull Arena. But Alfredo, uh, hopefully I'll talk to you later on this week. If not, I'll catch up with you uh, later this week and our next week. Uh, enjoy. Have a safe trip. To, um, to Pittsburgh and uh, tell our boy Cristiano Oliveira I said hi I haven't talked to him in a while and have a good trip buddy you got it thanks Mike all right for Alfredo from Society, Mike Corbett thanks once again for listening to the Full of Bulls podcast Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening.